Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Spiritual Warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green back for another episode of War in the Spirit. And I am so excited to bring you this episode. I'm excited to see what God is doing with War in the Spirit right now. You know, every week we just keep delving deeper and deeper into truths that God wants us to know, truths that have oftentimes not been spoken about, truths that have oftentimes been overlooked or swept under the rug. And so every week God is digging deeper and deeper to uproot things that need to be uprooted so that we as a body of Christ, as believers can get clean and move forward and step into all that God has for us. And to be prepared to step back into the place of influence in the world. So this week's episode is season six, episode number seven, entitled Change Clothes and Go. Okay, guys, as I mentioned last week, I am now doing the podcast via video and via audio. So if you're my audio listeners, you can also find it on my YouTube channel at War in the Spirit Live, along with other content that you may not find on my podcast. And if you're my YouTube channel subscribers or audience, you can find my podcast on most major podcast platforms, Spotify, Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, and and most other uh, platforms that you will find podcasts. And you will also find content on my podcast that you won't find on my YouTube channel. So if you want to cross-reference and find some material that maybe you haven't seen before, go to the other platform. Like, share, subscribe, because people need to hear these messages. They need to know what God is doing and how to get in tune with what God is doing and how to realign with God and God's will in the earth. So let's jump into today's message. Change clothes and go. So as God laid this on my heart as I was watching the inauguration this week and I was listening to Joe Biden's um, inaugural address and I began to just get sick because I, I watched my social media timeline and everybody was so excited and everybody was like, oh yes, we're getting a new president. We've got a, a black female vice president. And I just got so sick. I was nauseous and my head was pounding and I was weeping because everyone was focused on this worldly historic moment, which is great, but it, totally has become a distraction from the real issues at hand. The issue of all of our hearts that contributes to the makeup of this country, that contributes to the makeup of this world. Everybody wants to point the finger at somebody else and say it's their fault. They messed up the system. The system is broken because of this group or that group. But let's just be clear. The system is broken because of all of us, because of the position of all of our hearts. 
And I was sick thinking about all of those who believe that they are in position or that they are not a contribution to the issues at hand or that they don't have some type of accountability in the situation. And it just made me think about Proverbs 21 and 2 that says, every person's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord examines what? The heart's and I was, I was sick over our unwillingness to deal with our past, not only as a country, as a world, as individuals. I was, I was sick over the level of division that has occurred when we are supposed to be one body, not black, not white, not Asian, not American, not Indian, not African. I was sick over the factions and divisions in the world, but not only in the world, but in the church. The denominations and, and individualist mindsets and doctrines. What happened to being one body? And it took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is verses 10 through 13. And it says, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been in, informed concerning you, my brothers and sisters, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now, I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, or I am with Cephas, or I am with Christ. Has Christ been divided? And it just made me think about all of the division and the factions that we have, not only in our country, but even among our own communities, how we separate ourselves from each other and, and we create all of these different divisions and we're so art busy arguing over race and over differences of opinion and over disagreements that we have totally overlooked the big picture. The one thing that will reunite us one nation under God. Isn't that what the Pledge of Allegiance for the United States says? It says indivisible, one nation under God. When we all get back under God, then and only then will we be truly united. And I, I listened to Joe Biden talk about unity and I thought to myself, unity can only come when you deal with the root of the issue, which is our hearts. You see, you can fight over policies and issues and systems all you want, but the truth is the issue is a heart matter and nothing else. And as long as one group has decided it's another group's fault and another group has decided it's another group's fault and we got the black community and the Asian community and the Jewish community and we've got all these different people trying to build their own communities and their, their own different systems. This is the problem. We are dividing ourselves and then deciding that somehow we all going to be created equal when we don't even accept each other as equal when we don't even accept each other as one body how in the world can we fix the problem if we don't even recognize or acknowledge the problem if we don't even understand what the root of the problem is 
We are so busy looking at the symptoms and the result of the problem that we have not even gone to God to seek him for what the root of the problem is. This is why we can't pull it up. You see, on every side, this is a heart matter. This nation and this world does not get healed by writing policy or diplomacy or peace treaties by electing new officials or by marching. All of those things are good, but that is not God's answer to this problem. God's answer is always at the heart. See, all of those things that we want to use as solutions only address the symptoms which is why we see temporary changes. But ultimately, history keeps repeating itself and we keep going, why does this keep on happening? Because we have yet to address the root of the issue. We must address the virus that has plagued the hearts of the people in this country and in this world for far too long. Funny how, God will use an actual virus in the natural just to show us the condition of the world in the spiritual. You see, natural affliction is always connected to spiritual affliction. But we spend so much time trying to address the natural circumstances and ignoring the spiritual circumstance that we never find a permanent solution. You see, we keep trying to apply practical, worldly wisdom to a spiritual problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against rulers and against spiritual wickedness. But we are looking at what's happening in the natural and looking for a natural solution to a problem that is spiritual. We gotta fix the hearts of the people. We ourselves have to hold ourselves accountable for getting clean. We have to hold ourselves accountable for, for taking our own issues to God and getting a heart check one by one. That's how we clean it up. Everybody needs to be accountable. And when you get accountable for yourself, then you hold somebody else accountable and you help them get clean and you charge them to deal with their issues and you charge them to confront their truths and their problems. But the, the problem is we're not even paying attention. We're too busy celebrating worldly, historic, monumental occurrences that really are not going to bring a permanent change. That's all well and good, but it ain't God. God needs us to go deeper. He needs us to come and seek him more. Ask and it shall be answered. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. I've been listening to all these different groups trying to come together and discuss racism and the white church and the black church. And listen, as far as I'm concerned, there's just one church. But the problem is everybody got to get on the same agenda, on the same page. And that is God's page, not our own agenda 
agenda, not our own doctrine, not our own opinion, not our own denomination, not our own interpretation. But what is God saying? Not what did God say 10 years ago? What is God saying right now? Do you know? Or are you still operating on a stale anointing? Are you still operating on an old understanding? Are you still operating in the programming of tradition? Because God is, God's word is a living word. It is ever shifting and changing and moving in accordance with what he is doing. But you can't understand what God is doing if you ain't going to God and you trying to do stuff in your own understanding. Because his ways are higher than his, our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But we too busy taking our thoughts and running ahead. Because we had an anointing, you see. And let me tell you, some of y'all been fired from the job and you just haven't got your pink slip yet. Because God is tired of contending with this mess. You see, we keep trying to fix the problem in the natural, but we got to fix it in the spirit. You can vaccinate all you want. You can vaccinate the body, but the soul of this world will still be afflicted. And it trips me out because I, I think about how it specifically the United States, this country was founded. It was it was forged on the basis of Christianity. The, the Puritans fled Britain to come here so that they could worship God in the way that they desired to worship. And, and it's woven. It was woven into the very fabric of this country. And and that's what its ideals were forged on. And and thus God gave grace to build and become a great nation, just as he did for Israel. But then we turned away from him as a country and as a people, just as Israel did. <laughs> we don't got so far away from God, it ain't even funny. And this took me to um, Ezekiel chapter six, verses one through 14, as I was talking about how Israel turned away from God, it says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them and say, mountains of Israel, listen to the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says to the mountains, the hills, the ravines, and the valleys. Behold, I myself am going to bring a sword against you and I will destroy your high places so your altars will become deserted and your incense altars will be smashed and I will make your slain fall in front of your idols. I will also lay the dead bodies of the sons of Israel in front of their idols. I will scatter your bones around your altars everywhere you live. Cities will be in ruins and the high places will be deserted so that your altars will be in ruins and deserted. Your idols will be broken and brought to an end. Your incense altars will be cut down and your works wiped out. The slain will fall among you and you will know that I am the Lord. However, I will leave a remnant in that you will have those who escape the sword among the nations when you are scattered among the countries. Then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations to which they will be taken captive. 
how I have been hurt by their adulterous hearts, which turned away from me and by their eyes, which committed infidelity with their idols. And they will loathe themselves in their own sight for the evils which they have committed for all their abominations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. I have not said in vain that I would inflict this disaster on them. This is what the Lord God says. Clap your hands, stamp your foot and say, Whoa, because of all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, which will fall by sword, famine and plague. Anyone who is far away will die by the plague. Anyone who is near will fall by the sword. And anyone who remains and is spared from these will die by the famine. So I will expend my wrath on them. Then you will know that I am the Lord. When their dead are among their idols, around their altars, on every high hill, on all the tops of the mountains, under every leafy tree, under every massive oak with thick branches, the places where they offered a soothing aroma to their idols. So through all their dwelling places, I will stretch out my hand against them and make the land more desolate and waste than the wilderness. So they will know that I am the Lord. You see, just as Israel, this country, this world has fallen away from God. We have fallen away from acknowledging him. We have fallen away from putting him at the head of everything that we do. We have fallen away. We have, we have chased our idols and our, and our power and our influence and our money and our material things. We have fallen away from obedience and surrender and sacrifice. We have fallen away from his image. And because of this, this country will fall until we reestablish God at the center, the foundation, until we meet the pledge, one nation under God, under God's power, under God's authority, under God's word, under God's glory, under God's love and under God's plan. But see, we too busy running with our own plans, with our own understanding. Then and only then will, will this country again enjoy being under God's grace and under God's protection. <laughs> In God we trust. We even have the nerve to put that on our money. In God, we trust. But see, what's happened is we've abandoned our trust in God to trust in man and to trust in wealth. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You see, you, you will love one and despise the other. So now this country has learned to love mammon, wealth, and despise. We, we've 
taking him out of everything. We we have the nerve to talk about the, the separation of church and state. And we even want to say, God shed his grace on thee. This is what we sing in our national songs. God shed his grace on thee. Oh, but we want, we only want God when it's convenient for us. And, and the church isn't innocent in this situation. There's blood on the church's hands too. Why? Because the church has not taken its rightful place as the bride of Christ. You see, the church is supposed to be the head of all things in the earth. Not to fall under the influence of the system or of the world, but the church has been mating with the world and calling the offspring blessings. You see, the church is supposed to be the ones that are influencing the world and not vice versa. See, the reason that the world is so out of place is because the church is so out of place. Because we've let too many things get swept under the rug. Because we, we don't want to get our hands dirty because we want to cast out people who are trying to come in and get clean because we don't want to deal with the messy stuff because we don't want our reputation to be sullied by associating ourselves with people who are unclean and just as Christ who sat with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. Guess what? Those are the people that you are supposed to be sitting with. If everyone around the table is clean, you ain't doing your job. And if people are sitting in the pews of your church and their lives are not being transformed for real, you ain't doing your job. See, God is calling the offspring that we keep calling blessings. God is calling it misalignment. God is calling it greed. God is calling it filth. God is calling it pride, disobedience, self-service, bitterness, resentment, offense, and hatred. I could go on and on and on, but we have decided that we it's okay for us to mate with the world and to say, oh, God blessed us with this. That's a bold face lie. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. It says, Now at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, you will certainly die, and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked, from his wicked ways so that he may live, that wicked person shall die for wrongdoing, but his blood will require, I will require from your hand. However, if you have warned the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for wrongdoing, but you have saved yourself. Again, when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and commits sin and I place an obstacle before him, he will die since you have not warned him. He shall not he shall die in his sin and his righteous deeds which he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood 
I will require from your hand. However, if you have warned the righteous person that the righteous is not to sin and he does not sin, he shall certainly live because he took warning and you have saved yourself. You see, the church has blood on its hands because we're letting too many issues go unaddressed. Why? Because we don't want to ruffle no feathers. But you know what? Blood is on your hands. We're letting too many issues and situations go unaddressed because we don't want nobody to leave our church. We're afraid to tell people the truth about where they are, about what they should be doing, about how to get clean, about how to realign with God. Why? Because we want them to keep coming and sitting their butt in the pews. But what's the point of them sitting their butt in the pews if they ain't getting clean, if they ain't changing, if they're if we're not charging them? helping them, showing them how to get clean. And you know why most of us can't show them how to get clean? Because we ain't got clean ourselves. And I'm here to tell you, blood is on your hands. You see, if you see something and you know it's not right and you let it go because you don't want to be uncomfortable you don't want to acknowledge. You don't want to give warning. You don't want to help the people get clean because you don't want to lose your platform because you don't want people to come against you. Blood is on your hands. Blood is on the church's hands because the church has been misleading the world because the church has been operating under the influence of the world. You see, it's time to change clothes. It's time to take off the old mindset. It's time to take off offense, disobedience, pointing fingers, greed, pride, blame, hatred, bitterness, resentment, anger, violence, discord, sexual immorality, deceit, lies, slavery, oppression, false witness. And it's time to put on glory, power, purpose, obedience, surrender, favor, freedom, sacrifice, holiness, purity, and righteousness. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. You see, I tell people this all the time. That there's this perception in the church about honor. And how we're supposed to honor our leaders. And that often makes people think that they cannot approach leaders and bring a concern about a leader's posture or position. Why? Because we're taught to honor. But see, here's the thing. You're supposed to honor the anointing and not the flesh. You see, God is not going to be mocked. 
And for those of you who think you've gotten away with what you've been doing because it hasn't been exposed, I'm here to tell you that the time is now. Everything is about to be uncovered. Everything that is out of position and misaligned with God is about to be uncovered. You see, you thought you got away with it. Mm-mm. Because all of that that you were sowing into your flesh, that is what you are going to reap. Because your flesh and your afflictions are going to consume you. You see, we've got all these wounds, afflictions, hurts, things that we refuse to deal with or acknowledge. And only his blood can cleanse us. It's time to change clothes. It's time to put on change. Not just to wash those old clothes that you've been wearing. But to put on a brand new outfit. One that God tailored for you himself. It's time to put on the white robe of his image. You see, that is what he created us all to be. But we keep wearing dirty clothes, trying to take stain remover to our spots. And it just leaves residue. You know how difficult it is to get blood stains out of clothes? We've all been stained with blood and our wounds and our hurts and our afflictions and our past. But there's only one blood that can wash you clean. And that is the blood of Jesus. 1 John 1, 5 through 10 says, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. You see, if y'all were truly submitted to God, there wouldn't be so much darkness in his church. Because if God was truly in you, if you were truly walking in his image, you would have the light. You would be consumed by the light. Verse 6 says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship not only with him, but with one another. You see, there is no division if we're truly walking with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So, again, the ways of a man seem right to him. But it's God, God who examines the heart. So change clothes so we can all move forward. Not just the church, not just this country, but the world. We, we need a massive wardrobe change. 
And not until we change our clothes, until we are wearing the proper attire, God will not be granting access to the banquet. Just like the 10 virgins in Matthew 25. You see, there will be those who decide to heed this message and change their clothes so they can be granted entry and those who will be caught out in winter, in famine, in suffering until they are willing to obey God, to change their hearts, to change their minds, and to change their ways. See, obedience is like the blood over your door in this season. It doesn't matter if you are a part of God's chosen people, if you were the believers or not the believers, if you look like the world and you ain't obedient. I don't care if you inside the church or outside the church. If the blood wasn't over your door, just like at the Passover, your house got hit. And guess what? If the blood ain't over your door, now your house is going to get hit. Exodus 12, we're going to read verses. I'm going to skip around. I'm going to start at verse one. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to the father's households, a lamb for each household. And then verse seven says, moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. Verse 11. Now you shall eat it in this way with your garment belted around your waist, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in a hurry. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night and fatally strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the human firstborn to animals and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will come upon you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. See, even the people of God weren't exempt from putting the blood over their door. Obedience is the blood over your door in this season. You see, the hour of testing has come. And if you ain't got no blood over your door, God help you. Your house is going to get hit. Many people are going to get hit. And I pray that you not get so caught up in the circumstances that you miss the purpose and the lesson. See, God exposes us to things to help us get into position so that we do not ultimately perish. And I pray that you are willing to give up those old broken mindsets, that disobedience, that misalignment, that you will stop operating from the wounded place and will pursue your healing. Will get clean. I pray that you will yield to God's plan for your life and not to your own. I pray that you will put your life in order to place him back at the head over everything and everyone.
else. See, because we're all subject to the same circumstance. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. It says, For I have taken all this to my heart, even to examine it all, that righteous people, wise people, and their deeds are in the hand of God. People do not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits them. It is the same for all. There is one fate for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good, for the clean and the unclean, for the person who offers a sacrifice, and for the one who does not sacrifice. As the good person is, so is the sinner. The one who swears an oath is just as the one who is afraid to swear an oath. This is an evil, everything that is done under the sun, that there is one fate for everyone. You see, God exposes us all to the same circumstances and we all have the same opportunity to respond. See, that's, that's what sets us apart is our response to the circumstances. See, because believers are supposed to look different. The, the response of believers to circumstances is supposed to look different than the response of the world to circumstances. You see, that's what qualifies you. It says, verse 4 says, For whoever is joined to all the living, there is hope for a better, for better a live, a live dog than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead do not know anything, nor do they have a reward any longer. For their memory is forgotten. Indeed, their love, their hate, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share in all that is done under the sun. Verse 7 says, Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. See, that your clothes are white all the time and that there is no lack of oil on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your futile life, which he has given you under the sun all the days of your futility, for this is your reward in life and in your work, which you have labored under the sun. You see, God exposes us all to hardships, to struggles, to situations, to circumstances where we get hurt, where we get wounded, where we get disappointed, where, where, where we get bitter or resentful or angry. But what sets us apart is our response. No, it's not always fair. What happens to you may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility how you respond to it. You see, when your works get approved, when your clothes are white all the time, when you've got your head anointed with oil, that's when you get to enjoy life because you responded in the right way. Change clothes and go. 
You see, God has something greater for your life, but so many of us are living below our purpose because we have yet to truly submit to God. We have yet to get clean. We have yet to trust him in the way that we need to. We have yet to employ faith. We keep trying to operate under the world system instead of the kingdom system. Change clothes and go. Put on the white robe of his image and go do what he called you to do step into your purpose embrace it put on your kingdom identity not your world identity matthew 28 16 through 20 says but the 11 disciples proceeded to galilee to the mountain which jesus had des had designated to them and when they saw him they worshiped him but some were doubtful and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Change close and go there is a commission on your life to be an influencer to the world not to be influenced by the world but you got to change your clothes you got to change your clothes you got to take off all that old stuff that you've been wearing your own perceptions your own mindsets and you got to put on the kingdom mindset you got to put on the kingdom identity you got to put on his image change clothes and go because if you don't, I hate to tell you, your house is going to get hit. Because there ain't no blood over the door. That's the word that God gave me to release today. And I pray that you hear it. Just as his word often says, let every man who has an ear hear hear this word not with your your natural ears but with your spiritual ears hear it with your heart so you can change your clothes and go so you can be set apart a royal priesthood a chosen nation one nation under god indivisible Not a piece over here or a piece over there, a denomination over here, a faction over here, a, a, a church here and a church there. Everybody operated in their own way. What happened to one body, one mind, one heart? What happened? We're supposed to be one body. Change clothes and go. Now remember, you are a spiritual warrior. Take back your power. Take back your authority from the enemy to create a supernatural shift in your life. As always, God is trying to tell you something. The question is, are you listening? If you want additional help in building your relationship with God, you can reach out to me via email at warinthespirit12 
at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at War in the Spirit 11, on YouTube at War in the Spirit Live, or on Instagram at GodFaith1222. If you feel led to sow, you may do so at Cash App, Dollar Sign, War in the Spirit, or Venmo at War in the Spirit 12. I love you. Have a blessed week. And I'll see you next time.